It's the D'Souza Palooza. That's right. We're going back to 1991. A little movie called Ricochet, a lesser known D'Souza movie starring uh, John Lithgow as the villain. Uh, young Denzel Washington. Well, I, I, maybe we'll talk about he's actually not that young in this movie, just early in his career. Uh, not exactly a box office smash. Number 62 in the box office for uh, 1991. $21 million in comparison. Uh, T2, $200 million <laughs> <laughs> the same year. That's not even fair. Uh, so, uh, so, you know, maybe James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger, bigger box office power than Russell McKay and Denzel Washington in 1991. But, uh, you know, t- time will tell. Time will tell on that one. <laughs> so, Andrew. This was my first time seeing Ricochet. It's a movie I've heard about for a, a long time, mostly because of it's basically Denzel's kind of first starring role. And so I've always been curious to see it. Um, we'll, we'll get into it more. I overall enjoyed it, but, you know, I definitely have some thoughts on it. Uh, but I know it's one you have a little more familiar familiarity with than I do. Yeah, I can't remember exactly the age I saw it. I know I saw it when I was a kid and there were... I think what was memorable to me were a lot of the things we'll, scenes we'll touch on. Um, obviously, uh, you know, and we'll touch the plot here in a second, but, but with uh, Styles, the, the main character played by Denzel Washington, his downfall, there's a lot of fun scenes, uh, especially towards the end of the movie. And that's, that's really what it, where I kind of stuck in my head were, were the ones where he's, uh, <laughs> he's on the roof and he's screaming and he's putting lipstick on and then he blows up a building that was certainly one that i remembered and then i think the fight they have uh, at the very end between uh, john lithgow's character uh let me make sure i get all three of his names right i think it's earl talbot blake uh and and styles uh, they have a big fight on the watts towers in la and that, that's sort of a fun cool backdrop for uh for the the final showdown um so i remember a lot about that uh, I remember liking it and and uh, ha- it being kind of a fun thriller, but I think on on this watch, I, I definitely, <laughs> with as an adult, saw saw maybe <laughs> too many threads or something behind how this thing comes together, and it's uh, I I liked it, I liked it, uh, but probably not as as good as I would have expected on the, on that rewatch. I, I could definitely see that. There's a lot of really good stuff, a lot of clever. Uh, things that I think seeing as maybe a teenager would re- really focus on how interesting those concepts and ideas are. Yeah, it felt, a lot, adult, it, it felt a lot smarter when I watched it the first time. And this time I'm like, Ugh, yeah, well, and, and you notice some of the steam, some of the things don't quite hold together as well as you'd like. Uh, but there are there are some really good, clever ideas in here and some really well executed scenes. Uh, but yeah, there, there's some. The biggest problem to me, there's some obvious flaws. So it's an easy movie to like nitpick. <laughs> well, tell, all right, tell everybody why we're watching this specifically, because we are still inside uh, of the D'Souza Palooza. <laughs> D'Souza Palooza. Right, sounds uh, so, like you literally just shoved the microphone up your ass. <laughs> literally. Uh, literally. So. <laughs> Uh, Stephen E. D'Souza did the screenplay. It's a story, I think, Fred Decker. Um, and then I think there's another one, a Menno Mehes, um, on the story of it, but D'Souza screenplay. And you can definitely see the D'Souza screenplay elements in it. And we'll talk more about them. And I think that's one of the problems. It was probably a story 
that D'Souza took a thriller story that D'Souza took in an action movie direction. And those yeah. two, those two things kind of fight against each other. I think that, the movie. That, that was kind of what, you know, I, we talked about that, right? Like that was part of the, the issue is, is there's points in this movie where if it maybe had made a choice to stick one direct, one of those directions, the whole movie, it probably would have been more interesting. We're going to talk about it, but the ending, like that's a good, the ending, it, it builds upon this, great second act that's kind of a thriller and then the third act and the ending especially is really just heavy heavy action movie and i think that's probably kind of where the movie goes off the rails unfortunately it goes off the rails <laughs> at the most important point <laughs> yeah well and movie. you can kind of see it coming because you you know what kind of movie it is it's 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 at its heart like a popcorn movie you know not dissimilar yeah. from die hard 2 um or Commando or other Tsuza movies where it's still, it's trying to please the audience. It's trying to have you leave the theater. The hero came out on top. The villain was defeated and it just goes so far. It's hard to see the hero coming back from some of these things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, which part when his friend is murdered and he's framed for it or, you know, that's a bit S- of being, STDs or uh, yeah. Having STDs and being addicted to heroin now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or, or blowing up a building in front of a hundred reporters on, on live television. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't, I think he could probably still bounce back. He could probably especially, still run for office. Yeah. Especially in political office. <laughs> yeah. He's fine. Uh, so that, let's give a look at the storyline. I'm, I'm pulling this off of uh, IMDb. <laughs> in this action thriller, Denzel Washington plays Nick Stiles, the assistant district attorney of L.A. The film opens in his early days as a cop on the LAPD. During a carnival, master criminal Earl Talbot Blake creates the scene after a botched drug deal. Stiles and Blake confront each other, during which Blake is wounded by Stiles and later sent to prison. Seven years later, Blake escapes from prison during a parole board hearing to carry out, carry out his revenge against Stiles. What follows is a violent series of events that destroys Styles' career. This sets the stage for one last bloody duel between Styles and Blake. So uh, I have a few nitpicks on that description, but please, overall, please overall I mean, accurate. Uh, Earl Talbot, Earl, Earl Talbot Blake to open the movie. Why does he need three names? I, I don't know why he needs three names. <laughs> I think it's a serial killer. Oh, not a serial. The assassin thing of like. Um, oh, like John like, Wilkes Booth, they're like yeah, um, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing that's what they're going for. I feel like you're giving them um, too much credit, but yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> my, my bigger question is, um, and I see why you, because it's certainly the way the second half of the movie portrays him. I don't think the movie opens with him as a master criminal. <laughs> that does not seem to be the case whatsoever. No, he just... almost seems to be starting out as a criminal, <laughs> and like his first attempt goes wrong. That's kind of what I took away from it too. Was I, I didn't I didn't pick up on it the first time, but it, it just he's just kind of a shitty guy. I mean, I think it opens with what it, he basically goes into a drug deal and and blasts the other two drug dealers and then robs them using with it's him and his like little sidekick buddy. I think his name's Kim. The character's <laughs> yeah. name's Kim, uh, which is also strange. That uh, who, who kind of hangs out with him for the rest of the movie. But yeah, it's yeah. He gets this lore for the entire movie as being this master mastermind criminal, but like really, you just see him shoot two people and then jump out of a window in front of two cops. And I'm like, so he's kind of an idiot. Like it's not. A- and, and the way it opens, they're pulling up, and he's like, "This is gonna put me on the map." Or like, and like, it seems like they got inside information on a drug deal that they're gonna just go 
kill everyone and take the drugs and the money, I guess is the plan. Um, it, it seems like a pretty shitty plan. Uh, like, and probably not multiple you, you want to be on the map people. for. Like, I feel like you yeah. don't want people to know you did this. because <laughs> <you're just, laughs> Yeah. yeah. You, you don't want to make your name on robbing drug dealers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people who are involved in organized crime uh yeah. they, they tend they they tend to uh i mean i might be basing this off the movies they tend to get pretty extreme in their uh revenge on people who rob them yeah fair so but yeah i, I agree with you like the, the whole setup is like kind of flimsy like i don't i don't think you needed it's weird they they I don't where it becomes a problem is later in the movie where they, they, they use exposition to keep talking about him as if he was this big deal. Yeah, it's not a problem in the moment. No. It's a problem later where they're like, wait, did I miss the point where he became a master criminal? <laughs> or like, yeah. Uh, but I, I would argue his breaking out of jail was a far more interesting and far more yeah. mastermind <laughs> like plan. And all it really involves was him telling some guy he was going to, he's telling the parole board he's going to fuck the guy's wife <laughs> and dog. Yeah. And, and then he and then he shoots him in the head with a pin gun. Whoa, so. whoa, whoa! You're getting way ahead of yourself. Sorry, All right. I'll, I'll slow down. I'll slow down. No. Uh, so this opening scene. Uh, first, any thoughts on uh, John Lithgow's hair? <laughs> uh, he looks like he came directly from the set of Buckaroo Banzai Beyond the Eighth Dimension, which is a crazy fucking movie he did in, like a couple years before this. He just looks. Cra- it just looks crazy. He looks like um, somebody took a balloon. And just went over to his head and rubbed it on his hair right before they they started filming, and then like ran off the set. Yeah, it's a really shitty, like spiked up, brownish blackish hair wig. Yeah. I, I and I, I didn't realize this was going to jump seven years in the future. So I was like, "Holy shit, is he going to look like this the whole movie?" <laughs> Yes. So I was I was a little disappointed when it uh, jumped and he just had his natural hair for the for about the last like two thirds or so. Oh, I guess I, I missed that because I thought he looked crazy the entire time. I did. I just oh, he definitely that. does. But <laughs> okay. they they lose that ridiculously insane hair that's just in the opening. I uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I I liked it. Um. I and actually I will say that that was um one of the higher points of this is this left gal. Uh, we talked. I think we've talked about it maybe not on here, but we've talked about it kind of another stuff that Lithgow plays a really, really good villain. Oh, we were talking about Cliffhanger. It was when you and I were just watching Cliffhanger. And uh, he's a lot of fun. Uh, this kind of feels like a precursor to his villain in Cliffhanger. And it feels like almost a carry-on, maybe, of the bad guy he played in Blowout, which I really liked. I really liked. It was the 1981. Yeah, that's a it's a great movie. Ten, yeah, 10 years yeah. before this, actually. The Palma movie, uh, and he plays a really good villain in that. Is sort of this creepy um, assassin type that that is responsible for a political assassination. But he, you kind of find out he botched it, and he's sort of operating under his own auspices. And it's it's just a really he, he plays a really interesting kind of creepy guy. And he goes on later to do it with. I mean, uh, um, he he does a pretty good villain in Cliffhanger. But I think what he's known for more recently was he played. For one season of, I think it was like season four or season five of Dexter, he plays. Uh, oh Star yeah, Dark. yeah, and he's really good. Yeah, at that. And he's very unassuming, but he, but he's, he's very, very yeah. He's his, his like superpower is his size lets him just be naturally intimidating. Yeah, if that's what he's choosing to be, so he he can just be such a physical presence. But then he can do 
creepy and be believable, but he can do like sweet and be believable. Yeah, like third he rock can, in the sun. <laughs> he can do, yeah, he can do crazy and be believable. He can do smart and be believable that you believe all these characteristics in him. And he is awesome in this movie. The development of his character, not so much. Not, not. And so, like, right. so he goes through that window. Then what happens? <laughs> Well, and that's what I also want to talk about in this movie. That is one of my favorite parts, too. Uh, so Denzel Washington and his partner, Kevin Pollack, are at this carnival. And uh, Kevin, part- Kevin Pollack just busted out his impeccable um, Captain Kirk impersonation, of, <laughs> which he only does one other. And I was hoping that was going to be a running bit during the movie. Johnny um, Carson later on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, but so Denzel is, is on him. Uh, has him in his sights. Uh, Lithgow or Earl Talbot Blake pulls this woman as a hostage, and they're kind of in a standoff. And uh, so you, you think, you know, you know, what what could Denzel possibly do? Who who could be prepared for this moment? What kind of plan would you have developed <laughs> if this very scenario would ever arise as a police officer? Good news, you take all your clothes off. <laughs> Which when I when we say that out loud, I'm like, that sounds insane. But I'm like, no, that's actually where this movie goes. Is it, it, yeah, it has Denzel Washington stripped down and his it, underwear. And because it's Denzel Washington doing it, he's such a great actor. Like if it was me doing it, it would just like dumb and stupid. Obviously, I feel like if you did it, it would actually work because people are like, what the? F- what is this guy doing? It'd be like, even like, crazier. Yeah, like like it's so far out there. They're like, oh god, I gotta get away from this guy. No, but it's it's they they do it as well as you can do it. And I think they do it pretty well. And it's a clever idea. And it's, it's a very D'Souza touch. Yeah. Of, but it's asking the audience to go along for the ride on, oh, if this scenario occurred, what is something you could do? And that, but it's also like works great in a movie scene and that, and you kind of buy, but also it's like, well, in the real world, obviously this would never occur. But like, it's like, well, we're along the ride for a movie. Uh, so Denzel's like talking to him and he's like going through the whole thing. He's like, look, oh, look yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I'm going to put my gun down. Yeah, I don't have anything else. And he's like, I'm buttoning his shirt to like show him like, I don't have a vest on. I don't have it. And then like all of a sudden he's just like down to his like boxers <laughs> and he's like, puts his gun down. He's like, I got nothing. And in the uh, very D'Souza touch reminiscent of the end of Die Hard um, where Bruce Willis has the gun <laughs> taped to his back. Uh, with like Christmas wrapping paper, wrap like tape or something. Uh, apparently, Denzel Washington has a small gun holster in his boxers. That's Basically, what I couldn't he, tell. He I watched a, it again. He has um, a butt gun. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, when they show them patrolling at this carnival earlier with him mm-hmm. and him and uh, his partner Larry, uh, that's uh, Pippa Pollock. <laughs> um, wow, you you really have a lot of disdain for the name Larry. <laughs> well, it's just like. Everybody else's name is kind of punchy in this. Then you got Larry, his partner. It's just like really uh, weird. But um, uh, do you think he was walking with a gun stuck up his ass the entire time? Like, like style. I think it patrol? plays it both ways. I think it shows he has this little holster thing, but then he kind of alludes to that, like, yeah, it was kind of up my butt. <laughs> kind of. Um, so he, so he, he does this wonderful trick where he he takes a gun that has probably zero accuracy and then <laughs> from behind his back pulls it out yeah. and then shoots uh earl talbot blake in, in the knee uh and then he draws his uh, pistol back off the ground and, and and basically uh arrests him hostage gets free and 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 uh styles arrests blake 
And of course, um, this is in 1991 where everybody had video cameras and everything yeah. was recorded. And uh, oh, so, what a world. Not at all like today. No, no, no. Well, today it's just more convenient for people to do it, which is even crazier. Um, but yeah, so he, it gets recorded, makes it on the news. And uh, there's, I think, an, a, a, is there a scene where he gets a commendation for for yeah, there's, there's a scene between like the DA and like the chief of police for the chief of police is like, it's pretty reasonably like, I get to get a handhold this fucking guy. He's running around with butt guns shooting behind his back naked. Like, like this is not, and the DA is like, there's a typical thing. You're like, like your last ratings were in the toilet. And this is the first like good news you've had, in which I'm doing a terrible DA from this movie because it's uh, what Lindsay Wagner from Bionic Woman. It's the uh, DA. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure it's not an angry man. Yeah. Angry old man. So it's, yeah, she is a much calmer delivery than I was doing. But it's the cliche of like, this is the first like good press your department's had in like 18 months. Um, like you need to milk this for everything it's worth, um, which plays into some of the themes going forward in the movie of Denzel eventually becomes the assistant DA possibly looking at like tapped for like future mayor of LA potentially. And that's some of the political things that um, they try to have Denzel's character be like, no, no, I don't, I don't like that stuff. And then that never really quite goes anywhere. And And then he immediately um, does those things. So (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, so that's so, so, so Blake is shot. He goes into the, he goes to jail. Um, I guess I have I, so many questions on, yeah, you know, where I'm going with it. And that's what I'm going to talk scene. about is, yeah. is there's a scene, I guess, where they're, they're, I, I can't For the I love have, of God explain to me what happens in this scene style. I mean, it's styles on TV and you see, uh, um, Blake in, in, uh, a prison in, infirmary and he's just laying in bed, like almost unresponsive, almost catatonic. And then I think that I can't remember what exactly they show, but there's a scene with uh, uh, that's shown on the news of, of of Nick Styles. I think it's the arrest, his arrest of Blake. And then all of a sudden, um, Blake calls over the the jail librarian. <laughs> he gets the two heaviest books the guy has, tapes them around his knee that's been shot. It's a huge hole in it. And then he just throws his leg over the side of the bed just to like dump weight against his, his injury. And I was like. So I have no idea. Duct taping around his leg. Why? What? I don't know. I, 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 it doesn't. None of it make any fucking sense to me. I mean, maybe, I'm not maybe a doctor. I'm, well, I could. It's, I take it as two things. Either he's he's trying to get himself begin his rebuilt rehabilitation because he's pissed off and he, he he wants revenge, or he knows he, or in that in that uh, single second, in that one second before he does this, he's hatched the entire plan. <laughs> uh, of how he's going to set up um, faking faking uh, his own death uh, somehow. Uh, so I, and, I, I no idea which one it was. And I guess my, my issue might have been I was I, I think it's a flaw in this movie pretty consistently. It may have been a bigger time jump than I realized. Of well, the it, only time jump they show you is Nick Styles now has a mustache, and that was like, the yeah. only. <laughs> Like only but when he's lying in the bed with his like, it seems like the wound's pretty fresh. That's it what feels I feels like. That's not long after the after. Yeah, the it feels like not arrest. long after. But then, and I think the TV stuff seems similar to that. I kind of forget with that. But I could buy if he had been like catatonic for like I don't know a year months. or two, yeah, or something, or, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, yeah, preferably a year or two, but two months. <laughs> Um, would, would at least be something and where there's 
a lot of things in this movie where I think they compress time in a way that hurts the movie and that they could just give it room to breathe. Um, that would help a lot in the timeline of believing what these characters are doing. And that's just where it's like, okay, if he hadn't been doing anything, so he's putting that on as support so he can start like walking again or something, which seems like an odd choice. I mean, it's a prison infirmary, but still an infirmary. I think, I think they give you something like a knee brace. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's just but is it supposed is... to show how like brilliant he is he can make his own knee brace out of like a bible and war and peace <laughs> I, I have no idea i'm sure there's some stupid fucking metaphor for the books Andrew, he's using. why don't you know <laughs> I don't, i'm just i'm not I'm, I'm actually not that clever um i'm sure there's some some stupid metaphor for like the books he uses no and... the, i think it's the bible and war and peace I, that'd yeah. be fun <laughs> that'd be... I'm sure I wish I had worked up a theory on that before we recorded. So Same. I, I don't. I don't know what that mean about War and Peace. For me um, to actually have a and theory. I was a little disappointed. Nah, it was fine. Well, I guess it wasn't fine where it went. I thought for sure he was getting the heaviest books because he was going to bash the librarian, librarian in the head, and like steal his. Uh oh, hold on. Are we having connection problems? And try to escape then or something. Oh my um, god, you froze. Yeah, you froze too. Uh, yeah. All right, you're, you're, you're back. Yeah, um, it, I, yeah I, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I think maybe to your, to your point, if, if they had some better context of what the time hop is kind of supposed to be or where you are in it, I mean, I, you can kind of see they're trying to set up two very distinct phases of pretty much Nick Styles' life. And, and when he's a cop, he's unmarried he meets his wife playing a really weirdly <laughs> cut basketball game oh um, that was uh, yeah i i regretted <laughs> we didn't open with that because uh, i it's i just they obviously are cutting around they're making it look like denzel washington can dunk and <laughs> the, so they edit everything to make that look possible but i, I want to give the movie credit this is one year before white men can't jump and feels like a little ahead of its time in that regard of uh, it feels like that movie may have like it's slightly inspired by like, oh, that's a, what a you, white what guy heard? and black guy like on the streets of LA playing pickup basketball together. Like maybe there's something there. Woody Harrelson owes his his career to uh, the uh, unfortunate basketball skills of of Kevin Pollock. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Kevin Pollock is dressed. <laughs> so if you've seen White Man Can't Jump, is a play in the movie where like Wesley Snipes intentionally is like explaining he like intentionally dresses like a rube. So he can hustle people, and Kevin Pollock is one hundred percent dressed like that, just because. Unironically, that's who he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, I think they, they do a decent job of setting up, uh, you know, the, the the what's coming with the time hop, where you 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 see Styles as, as a younger guy, and he's meeting his wife, and he's kind of he's him and his partner. And <laughs> when so he abuses his power as a police officer. He abuses to... his power as a police officer to hit on women. <laughs> Force his wife into a date. Uh, uh, yeah. Or future there's... wife. <laughs> and then and then that that part kind of works well, but the 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 parts where Blake's in jail and you're trying to like there's just zero context of like where you are and all of this. Because they kind yeah. of they kind of don't give you the time hop for him. And that but that's also kind of where they kick off it felt like the the whole next chapter of okay it's however many years on um, it's a good point. And yeah, while he's in jail, like you don't have a feel for like what. There's, yeah, no, there's, there's, no, missing... there's no sense of time, uh, uh, time moving forward. It's... So with the Souza, I, I feel that might be a weakness of his, or something he doesn't worry about. 
So I feel <laughs> like Die Hard, Die Hard 2, avoid that problem by having a naturally compressed timeline. Yeah, it's and it's very sequential. Everything has yeah. to take place within like 12 hours. Yeah. So you don't have any jump. But like, even like Commando, and I, look, I don't mean to criticize Commando. I never would. <laughs> but it's got some issues with the timeline <laughs> of how long it takes Matrix to do all these things where he is and when and where Bennett is and when. And I, I just think it's something D'Souza is not worried about because it is a movie. And I think yeah. his logic is you're just coming along for this ride and it all works because it's a movie. And I think that it maybe it's only because I like action movies so much. I don't mind it in action movies and this that starts to stray, stray into like political thriller. And so it feels more grounded in the real world. I kind of need that stuff to add up a, a, a little bit better. I think, I think, yeah, I, I think we both agree that if, if, if they had leaned harder into the thriller side of this, it probably would have been an, an interesting movie. And we're going to touch on it here in a second, but the, um, the, there's some genuinely, terrifying scenes i think they they, they get to later on and obviously after the time hop when when uh i guess it's what seven or seven or how many years later um they do some great setup for some very thrilling and kind of scary stuff with uh, uh styles children and and blake sort of everybody thinking he's dead and, and yeah there's a really effective like 30 minutes in the middle yeah. of this movie but it, i i wish that the, i think that my my feeling was i wish wish the movie was more of that and less of the the action but i will say the action piece that i really <laughs> really enjoyed the most was <laughs> while in jail uh so after i guess after his leg is healed after war and peace and the bible have healed his leg or whatever, whatever the hell that was <laughs> yeah i guess they healed it um they take uh blake to jail and uh of course it looks like some it looks like the prison from tango and cash because it's like people burning stuff they're throwing trash yeah, it might be <laughs> maybe it is the same prison i don't know maybe tango and cash are about to break out i, with, I hope in like the next cell are <laughs> <laughs> um it's the yeah, next cell over it's stallone and uh ron howard's brother with the slinky so i, I really hope yeah. that's i know way too much about tango and cash um <laughs> but uh they introduce blake to his uh into his jail cell and lo and behold, uh, a repeat for us, uh, Jesse Ventura plays uh, his Aryan Brotherhood uh, cellmate, who uh, I think, what is he? I, 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 I'm, I'm remiss that I, I cannot uh, think of what happened, but he, was he kick him in the nuts or something? Uh, he, top like, I mean, <laughs> everything to him, basically. He, like, smashes his head into, like, a toilet, I think. Yeah, he headbutts okay. him. He, like... Like it, it's yeah he, um they basically sent him to the cell because he's been such a problem. Like, well, this guy yeah. you won't be able to mess with, and he immediately just like kicks his ass and it's over. And so, of course, when you beat somebody up in prison, what happens? Do you gain their? Do they gain your respect? Uh, do they take care of you? Do they protect you? Do you protect them? Nope. You go to the fucking washroom, and you have a American gladiator style battle with well, uh, <laughs> books and magazines and phone books is armor. <laughs> in my in my notes, I called it the Aryan Brotherhood Fight Club. <laughs> so so it's Ventura. I mean, it's so it's so weird. I, I can't. 
It's really one you got to kind of see because they're duct taped up with like phone books and newspapers and they're just set to have this like battle. But they have like somehow they have things that can function as literal spears that can like kill you and pierce skin. But I guess the Aryan Brotherhood's been trying to get Earl Talbot Blake to join them for like a years and he won't and they finally had enough of it and like well now you gotta fight us and then is that what it was okay i just i don't know that's kind of what i took from it but yeah it's a little it's a little confusing i i i loved it because it is it is single well i'll put it this way uh there's some weird other weird stuff in this movie it is it is up there for one of the weirdest things i've seen in the movie in a while we're just like ooh, what like is is this really what prison is is like because that seems kind of fun up until the part where you get killed but other than that it's like that seems like something i would do as a kid like yeah let's let's make armor and let's sword fight like that sounds like a lot of fun let's do that and that's pretty yeah much with- so i think um i don't want to say a better movie but um, you can say it's a better uh, movie whatever you're gonna no, say. No, no, no. It's okay. uh, a device a lot of other movies would use would be to have this happen with some non-primary characters to let us know like the stakes of it let us know the rules of it let us know what's yeah. happening and this just throws us into this insanity <laughs> of american gladiator Aryan style it's it's so weird and it's just like and and ventura of course uh gets he, i guess he what he gets knocked down and he seems defeated and then blake i think turns around and then uh, this is one thing me. i really hated in it i know right on ventura's chest is a newspaper clipping of nick styles like being praised like oh it's like yeah. superstar uh, up and coming and that's when this guy sees it and he stabs him like right through it to kill him and it was like come on like, you think it's a metaphor you're asking me to buy into this Aryan brotherhood fight club Plus the coincidence of this newspaper clipping right on the guy's chest. Like I, I can only do one or the other. <laughs> but do you think they're trying to tell us that he's killing Earl Blake hates Nick Styles? Yeah, that might be the message. Tell I couldn't tell. It was a little, <laughs> little, yeah, a little on the nose. So, and that's kind of like the last time I feel like <laughs> you get a sense of a good sense of the time hop because I think right after that it goes to. Jesse Ventura is at the uh, the parole board, and that's where he 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 masterminds his escape to to kill. He kills. Oh, the, you mean Earl Talbot Blake is? Well, the first day did I say Styles? I uh, said Ventura. Ventura. Oh, Ventura. sorry, my bad. <laughs> that's that's right. how I wanted the movie to go. He's but dead. They shouldn't take it that way. <laughs> so, but uh, so controversial take here. Still gonna say, despite um, Jesse Ventura's character in this being a literal like neo Nazi. Still think his character in Predator more offensive. <laughs> uh, he says more offensive stuff in Predator than he does in this. Uh, in this, he's just implied to be more offensive, but they never actually, thankfully, ever show you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, fair uh, enough. But the, uh, the one thing they do show, they set up where um, Blake switches the dental records between himself and the leader of the Aryan Brotherhood white power people in prison so he can kill him later during the escape. Yeah, um, and that, that to me is kind of, it's kind of fun. I mean, it, it's super implausible that, that they had this escape, but long story short is is Blake sets <laughs> they set up where Blake basically says a bunch of crazy stuff to the uh to the parole board and then he uh using a pin Well gun. when he asked him what are you gonna where do you see yourself in five years? 
uh, fucking your wife, your daughter, and maybe your dog, you, you describe <laughs> that as a crazy thing to say during your parole hearing? I mean, it's only crazy if you want to get out of jail. <laughs> if, you, if you were enjoying it, if you're enjoying... It was Arian, during Arian, that scene, I was like, oh my god, like... Aryan Brotherhood Gladiator see, might 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 not want to leave. Like I get it. Seeing so. this at like 17, that play in like really well. Yeah. And so like, oh, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> clever revenge stuff. And I yeah, I was like, like even in college, I definitely knew people who would be like, Oh, I love this movie. This uh, this is what John Lithgow says that like crazy shit. That's <laughs> yeah, it just definitely doesn't. I, I kind of think that is some of the D'Souza stuff that's stitched into this is, is the dialogue feels somewhat distinctly like it might be his. Um, I, I, it's, it's hard to tell. Like Fred Decker's done some kind yeah, of it's, crazy stuff. Cause I yeah. think, did he also I think he wrote uh, and, and directed monster squad or did he just write it? Hmm. And that's what I was trying to I figure out. I think he was out. just the writer for it. Okay. Cause the dialogue I can see, <laughs> but he, Oh no, he directed it in World Cup three. <laughs> Um. Oh man, I can't wait to cover RoboCop three actually because I I went to go see that in theaters. And wow, yeah, and I, I that feels young. <laughs> oh, it's only PG thirteen. Okay, is that it? Okay, I, I, well the first two were R. That so... makes way more sense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. The first ones, like, first one should is 100% pretty R. pretty hard. First, R. I think the first one is like, almost yeah. almost uh, NC seventeen. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But uh. But yeah. So. Long story short, they have this very implausible uh, that he shoots somebody in the head and there doesn't alert anybody. They change into their clothes and then they. Uh, well, they there, it's the parole it. board hearing and there's like four other criminals just around <laughs> and they, they kind of set it up as like they're doing construction and that's why these guys are there or something. But like, yeah, it's it, it strains credulity a, a little bit. Yeah, well, and so I'll, and I'll, I'll jump ahead because I'm 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 being long winded, but uh, Blake and and the Aryan Brotherhood uh, leader and Kim break out of jail, and then uh, as you said, you know, Blake kills the he shoots him in the knee, so it looks like the same gunshot <laughs> wound that uh, that Styles left for uh, for Blake, um, and they they light the van they're in on fire and then throw it over a cl- or push it over a cliff, and it's like. Uh, it's just it's just such a weird like and, and it's just it's just i guess it's just a plot device and i'm probably being too critical because they do it and then of course everybody's like oh earl tabbit blake escaped but but he's he's of course he's dead because there's a body we found with the same wound or scar tissue or whatever and and, and, that, and that's kind of enough for every time blake comes back around as a as a potential cause for for nick styles it's just like oh nobody can't he's dead he has to be dead and it's just it's just a funny 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 way to just everybody kind of shrugs it off because just because of that one very basic scene um so anyway so you keep it keep it kind of going forward i think obviously now that that blake's out his his big focus is is revenge on styles styles is now the the district attorney or assistant district attorney for los angeles and it seems to be on this sort of meteoric rise as a potential politician. Um, you kind of get to meet, uh, they introduce you to a couple of styles. Um, I think it's like, a, there's a councilman that's supporting him and there's a couple of people on like his team besides, besides Larry. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so you kind of get to see like a little bit of styles life. He's married now, has kids. 
uh and it's it's so they're 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 the second act does a decent job of like okay at least starting to try and set up some stakes um but you know he's got a lot to lose personally a lot to lose publicly um but so, so it's good it, it's a it's a fun movie for me in the second act because they really do a good job so it yeah I, I think it gets us to where we want to be in the movie there's just some and the, the metaphor i kind of thought of was it's to pull off a movie like this with the revenge and everything to make all of that work is extremely difficult. So I acknowledge that it, this would be a really hard script to write because you're doing like a high wire act and anytime you slip, it's just so noticeable. So it's so easy to like nitpick this movie. And that's why I think we sent some notes back and forth. Um, you probably thought I did, didn't really like it maybe as much as you. And I, I mean, I liked it plenty. I just think that's flaws are just obvious. Yeah. And, and are really easy to pick out. And, um, but it, it, with the flaws, it still gets where it needs to be most of the time. And if you're willing to say, okay, like I, I get what it's trying to do. It didn't fully work, but like we're here, the revenge stuff that that's coming now to destroy styles life is really, really good. Well, like you said, it, you know, kind of jump jump ahead a little bit here uh there's a couple of setups that, that happen where uh they cut to a fun uh, you, you jump ahead to a fundraiser where uh uh styles is raising money for the community and blake uh which you you find out why later gives ten thousand dollars i think it's ten thousand dollars they say ten thousand yeah, dollars a lot ten thousand yeah <laughs> uh in, in cash and um uh while that's kind of the the, the telethon's going on um uh, which that like, felt too small to me it did and i was like it was like i don't like a missing ten thousand dollars is a problem but a problem that like well they, didn't they raise like I don't half think, a million dollars for these right lost, like, lost i don't towers, think it's so. gonna just this is not gonna ruin this guy's career or anything people are gonna just be like oh the ten thousand dollars i'm missing that really sucks and like yeah. and be like all right i have to keep my eye on this guy uh, but but you know he's been on the up and up so far, so you know we'll take his word for it. And then so um, so while that's going on, uh, the the telethon's going on. Blake uh, takes out the power at Styles' house, and it's, I think this is kind of fun because they do a good job of setting up where you don't really know how it's going to go. You don't know if it's oh it's, man, it's yeah. gonna, I thought this scene was so in. effective. Yeah, it was good, and it I, was really creepy. Like, yeah, and. Uh, um, of, strangely, of course, and I think then he even drugs the babysitter. Babysitter passes out, and then he puts the kids to bed. And you keep thinking something horrible is going to happen, but but then it never does. And so you, that's what I think I liked about this from a thriller aspect was that it's it, you're just waiting for that shoe to drop for the first probably twenty minutes of the second act, and it just never never quite happens. And so it's it's a it's it's I've seen it. And I still forgot kind of how how that went. And yeah, so it's about midway through the movie. You could see the movie. So this guy is he's posing as a power repairman. And he's there with his two daughters and the babysitter. And there they fully trust him. And you could see the movie going a direction where now he just has styles as kids. And it's like, this is like gonna be my revenge. We're gonna make him do stuff because I have his kids. Or you just see so many different ways this can go. And it 
it's so effective of like, oh my God, like, what is he going to do? Is he going to kill his kids? Is he going to, there's a lot of different places it could go. And, but what I loved in Lithgow's performance was he believably goes in and he charms like the babysitter and the kids and like, does like interacts with them and does stuff. And I thought this guy was great. I don't, I don't feel they set up enough for Blake to establish that he could do that. That was like a new thing for him when they'd just been making him a crazy criminal in prison prior to it. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I just, and I don't want to keep coming back to it, but I needed like two minutes at the beginning of the movie of just Blake showing these different sides that he was capable of because it's so creepy to see him go in and charm these two little girls and they're like completely trusting him when you know like he's there for revenge um and it's it's such an effective scene and this guy is fantastic in it uh, i agree and I, I think that then that's sort of is the the, the preempting uh of of the the revenge piece for styles and i, I don't want to touch on it too much i will say that one thing that made me laugh was part of the plot uh, you know is uh, nothing happens to the to styles children but then then you cut <laughs> they cut to the the councilman that's that's uh uh styles friend who who has the ten thousand dollars in cash to go deposit it um they, <laughs> yeah, they kidnap guy. him when he's trying to go i, I think he's trying to put it into a, a night deposit box at the bank and uh um it, it cracks me up because this is such a 1991 kind of cliche of so Blake and Kim kidnap him, and then and then they try and blackmail uh, this guy in Styles by leaving child pornography in his suitcase, and then killing him by hanging him from a fan in his office after dressing him in lingerie. And it just feels like in 2022, I'm like, like we, I mean, David Carradine killed himself by accident, uh, jerking off in a closet in a hotel in Thailand, I think. So it's like you know what? I'm like, we've actually seen this before now, and which is sad to say. But, but it's like it's like it's just almost was like it's so over the top like oh he's this horrible person it's and, like, he's doing yeah, every depraved a, thing he can it's, a big flaw of the movie is it equates like any sexual kink or exploration or curiosity or even just um, homosexuality or <laughs> it equates it all equally with just pure depravity um, and I feel that's a very common thing in like the 80s 90s movies yeah yeah exactly like and it was like it's like you're portraying these things as somewhat equivalent and they're very different like (laughs) (laughs) it's just i think i just liked it and i actually laughed out loud when i was watching it because i'm just like literally it's like oh this guy did every depraved thing he could and then killed himself after writing a suicide letter at the same time it's just like this doesn't make any sense it's it's like in the the uh, cops are like yep this is how it happened this is what is in minority report they talk about it's like an orgy of evidence it's like you just crime scenes don't look like this you don't have like there aren't 15 crimes happening at once when you find a crime scene it's not it's like not that easy i mean that's i like the idea they're postulating this guy's like all right well i've I've stolen this this charity money from from my friend Nick Styles. I've looked at all this child porn, and I'm staring around this lingerie. Which oh, I should kill myself. Let's go kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess they're positing he took the ten thousand, like went on like a hooker bender or something, and like drug bender. Oh, okay. And then was, but then and then and then like shortly afterwards, 
like as he was coming down and looking at child pornography, I was like, you know what? I can't face what I've done. <laughs> I, I, I've been like molesting children <laughs> for years and I just stole from charity and did a bunch of blow with hookers. And like that put me over the edge. <laughs> and it's like, I, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's weird. Uh, to your point, it, it does but, feel like, I mean, like it's a plot convenience to just speed up the entire. But you know, process. I guess, I guess it works in the way of how quickly these other things start happening of, all right, this guy committed suicide under mysterious circumstances and people are like, all right, it's a little weird. And we're kind of given uh, styles and the benefit of the doubt because we know him. And then they kidnap styles. Blake and his uh, crony, who we've not talked about yet, his little uh, underling minion. Oh, we'll talk about him later. Who's a very weird character in the movie, <laughs> but um, and I, I loved these scenes, especially. I'm not sure how I feel about the writing of the staging. Just it's Lithgow and Denzel Washington when they're doing the arm wrestling. Yeah. So you kind of see where this is headed. They're going to inject him with drugs. And, but this guy grabs him and he wants to arm wrestle him. Um, and, you know, it's a little cliche, though, but you have two amazing actors going head to head against each other in a scene of a battle of wills. And they just crush it. Like they are so good in it that you really buy the hatred this guy has. Denzel's confusion, but mounting hatred, and like it, it's just a great, greatly acted scene. Um, and then <laughs> the, the movie needed more of that, to be honest with yes. you. And that, they that, needed that, more that, of their head to head battle. Yeah. And that's why I, I think the beginning, they needed more backstory with the two of them, maybe, or at least establish Lithgow as like a. Really master criminal a little yeah. better like uh, but yeah so they take uh styles and inject him i think with heroin and cocaine um and then in an abandoned pool where they painted two dolphins don't forget about the, the two back. dolphins that comes back it's very important um and i and i i really have a lot of questions about this so um they have styles in a bed and previously we've seen this guy record styles playfully interacting with a waitress on audio yeah which man just fucking lucked out for him the shit he got there because that could have been just like <laughs> yeah i'll have a water thank you very much oh, uh, yeah give me a burger yeah <laughs> um but he so he hires a, a, a prostitute to come in have sex with styles while he's drugged up and films it and <laughs> There's a funny moment where, like, the uh, prostitute is like, well, all this SM stuff is going to cost you like an extra 200. Um, and but I, I have a lot of questions about this because, and they shoot it well to make you try to not question this. But man, John, like, creepy Blake in this movie, went and got a prostitute and brought her to an abandoned pool to fuck a guy tied up in a bed and she seems not phased in the least by uh, she's this. She's like, yeah, nonplussed by the entire situation. <laughs> she's just like, yeah, it, it, this is weird, so $200 more. <laughs> that felt too thought, cheap. I feel like she should have asked for more money because I feel like that that's just for how weird yeah. the whole thing was. Like, mm -hmm. you probably need some more money for because for, for, this is something bad's happening. 
Yeah, and I also thought um, Blake should have killed her after. I figured he would because, because she's going to be able to right. Well, that, entire... that's who Styles should be looking for. That's when he's trying to. That's like a literal witness to this guy, a stage crime who everyone thinks is dead. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the guy who paid me to have. So yeah, and that guy was like passed out and tied up in the bed, and like that's a literal witness to all of this that. They kind of just ignore, and I guess that's probably the movie's uh, treatment of sex workers. Yeah, fair. In general, I, of kind of negating them as human beings. But I, uh, I, I tell you, the craziest part of not even that scene necessarily, but later on in the movie when Styles is, uh, so it kind of comes out later on during a, a, a medical checkup because after this, uh, basically the damage is done, and they dump him into like a home, yeah, like, yeah, like a homeless man. park. Uh, it's city LA. hall and there's like oh, it's, cop, it. it's like okay. in front of city hall and the cops like clearing the homeless people off the steps of city hall or like a janitor or somebody and that when they find styles yeah so it's revealed he has i think he has the clap and and he yeah. keeps it from his wife and um then later on when the tape gets released <laughs> they play they show them playing him having sex with this woman on the news like yeah all they like, do is just put like a black bar over the face <laughs> and then it's the, and then like the body part, like a couple of like key body parts. And that's I'm trying it. to like, remember really 1991 show this on the news. Yeah, really? I, I don't. Maybe I don't know. I'm trying to remember 1991. They do give a warning beforehand. So, and all the revenge stuff um, that Blake does to Styles, where he's basically trying to destroy his life and set him up as um, a guy who's like stealing money. A guy who's a drug addict, a guy who messes around with prostitutes, a guy who's a child muster, a guy like he's just like hit in every box. And uh, I, 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 they do, and I just think it, it's they, they, no, which they, I love. They, it's so it's like just they club you over the head with how how horrible Styles is supposed to be through through what Blake's doing, and I think it kind of culminates. And you and I again talked about this where the time hop is after Styles is found, he, he ends up kind of going on a bender at his house. He's just drinking, but gets drunk, ends up calling a like a uh, a hotline or like a, like a talk show. I couldn't tell if he really did call or if he was talking to them or it was like a drunk talking dream to or like, yeah. It, yeah, I it's kind fully... of I couldn't I couldn't tell either. Um, so he, he kind of fine. It works. It works either way. I think um, it does. But it, in that, but yeah, it's. Um, it, it, I did like the next scene this sets up though, where the, the turn yeah. is, is he wakes up, his whole family is out of the house. It's some, it, like a, like a kid's play. And he plays the movie, uh, this movie that's left with a tape, a tape note that says, play me. And it's of course, Blake um, climbing the steps uh, to his kid's room with a hatchet. And I think it's a great, you know, and then he cuts the camera off right before um, he does anything and you see him standing over Styles' children with with a hatchet and and then he cl- it cuts off and so of course Styles springs into action and uh, goes upstairs of course is what we don't what he doesn't know what the audience kind of knows is that was a video that that uh, uh, Blake had recorded recorded when he was disguised as the power guy and that's kind of why he was he left him alone and so I, I i like that setup a lot that it's like this sort of slow yeah. burn of like okay now that they entire need, scene they, makes they sense they needed and, more of that slow burn stuff where like these things are set up and pay off later on they were they compressed everything so tight 
and this revenge stuff where it's like oh man you need this like you need to be like a longer unraveling yeah and that and that's kind of where it, the movie feels like it it kind of kicks in like fifth gear at that point because then <laughs> you really surge ahead pretty fast where basically uh, yeah, more dead sale in his underwear Denzel running in a pink robe and underwear, um, which Anna's never had a robe that I could fit in. I don't know how (laughs) Sherry has a robe that you could just casually wear around the house, but Denzel's (laughs) rocking his wife's robe and he pulls it off. But I just feel like that's also unrealistic. I mean, the only other time I've seen that in the movie was Commando. And that guy at the beginning uh, uh, is all he's trying to do is take the trash out before he gets horribly <laughs> murdered by bill duke um and he's wearing his wife's uh, his wife's bathrobe but uh but yeah that, that that's another thing i kind of remember from the movie i think that was kind of like i'm gonna say iconic that's probably giving it too much credit but the the scene with denzel just sprinting across town um hung over with a pistol trying to get to yeah. his family i feel i had had seen that before and I've never seen this movie, but that was an image of Denzel Washington with a pistol and a pink robe in his underwear that I'm pretty sure I, I had seen before. And you can understand why it's Denzel Washington with a well, pistol and a pink robe in his underwear. It's it's a great image. Like it is. It um, is. I, there, uh, yeah, logistically, I, I don't know if the movie earns all of this stuff, but like, yeah, if you can get that image in your movie, like, definitely do it. It's, it's funny. Yeah, it stands out to me a lot. And I, I, I do remember that a lot as a kid too. That it's just. Okay, he knows his, his kids are not they're not in danger or nothing horrible happened to him in the room because he, he goes and checks. But then you know, he, there is this real sense of like, okay, as the audience, you don't know what he's going to find. And, and, and that's, I think, kind of fun, too, is it does from time to time, whether it intends to or not, um, lead you down the path of seeing what's going to happen. And then also at times um, maybe holding back what Blake's going to do. I think that was kind of one of those instances where it works. Uh, and, you know, something we haven't talked about, and I, I did want to hit on this. I, I think part of what, what kind of works, does work consistently through this entire movie is the, the score is done by Alan Silvestri. Yeah. And I think that really is, I was thinking about it and I was like, if you had to name like the high points of this movie, it's Denzel Washington, it's Lithgow, and it's probably the score. I, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because and for people who don't know or people who aren't nerds like us, um, Silvestri has done probably some of the most uh, icon. I mean, I will say he's probably done some of the most iconic scores, um, and it, actually one we've already covered. Uh, he did the score for Predator. He he did uh, a lot of. I think he did the entire run for Back to the Future. Uh, he's also done. I mean, for more modern stuff, I think he did a handful of the Avenger movies. So they're just some really fun 90s uh kind of music stings to, to his stuff i i just for me it, it it works with the pacing all the way through the movie and, and it really i think back to the future for semester is probably the most probably his most iconic iconic maybe yeah i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think of anything else jumps out possibly more iconic than um but i that to me was like a really really big high point uh throughout the movie was was just his score and it just it really helps the the kind of the kind of build build of tension the soundtrack to me really worked well i think that's probably the most consistently performing piece of the movie if i have to be honest yeah and i think that is the only thing like holding the movie together yeah Um, i think the individual scenes can be very good but I don't think the flow is quite right or they don't add up to quite what you want them to. But the music 
helps carry that and link everything together that yeah i, I that was definitely a high point for me as well like that I and know, i yeah, it's fantastic I, if you I man if you look at his uh, <laughs> I was looking at his his credits um i mean and he's done he did some of the biggest movies of the 1980s when it, when it comes to score because he did i mean yeah um, right to the 90s too uh and into the 90s he did uh back to the future uh, he also did Predator. I mean, in terms of movies. I mean, yeah, like you said, Who Framed Roger I mean, Rabbit, Avengers movies. As the well. Avengers. He yeah. did The Abyss, uh, which I'd forgotten that he he had done that. Um, Stuart Little too. Part two. Uh, <laughs> I really wanted to go and hit on. He did Mac and Me. The score for that, which <laughs> <Corey, laughs> yeah. <Corey Lickety. laughs> So that's a that's a fun that's a fun credit. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Um, <laughs> he did Judge Dredd. Okay, there's another tie-in for D'Souza later on. Um, but it says, "Oh, was, that's fun." That'll be fun says he was about. replaced by Derek, David Arnold and and Jerry Goldsmith, which is interesting. I'll, 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 we're going to cover Judge Dredd, and we have to come back to that then because I'm curious what the backstory with with uh, Sylvester not being on on uh, Judge Dredd is. But yeah, so I, I think that was uh, that helps to me that scene of building the tension and and, and when uh, Styles is running to the park and. It, it, I, I, that's one of those times where you just feel a score kind of help elevate the scene and, and really, really kind of get your heart rate going for it. So, um, but from there, the movie movie jumps pretty quickly into uh, basically it's known that it's, it's Blake or it's, well, Styles understands now that it's Blake, obviously because he's seen him, and and I think he's trying to chase down uh, basically anybody who could tie Blake back to being alive and, and like yeah, what's going and, on, and basically no one else really believes him other than kevin pollock he seems to stay pretty consistent of like yeah i'm on board with you man but like his wife is doubting him in question which you know very good reasonable reason. good reason <laughs> i say but like the da like suspends him and that which oh my god okay i want to talk about so one of my nitpicks in our sending stuff back and forth was I, I think you hit the third act and it's like oh like blake has ruined style's life and as the protagonist of the story, like I don't think Styles is coming back from this. Like, too much has happened. He's not getting his job back, and like, there's too much, too much shit of like, yeah, we kind of see what you're saying, and this guy sets you up, but we also can't continue to employ you, at, like, as the assistant DA because this stuff is really insane. And like, hey. but um so one of the one of the things all the other stuff he goes to the da's office and he's got the videotape and he thinks it's the one of blake with the hatchet over his kids but you know blake being the criminal mastermind he is uh went in and switched the videotapes and i guess styles in his panic never checked again and it's actually the videotape of the prostitute having sex with him <laughs> yeah when he was drugged so he goes into his boss's office who is a woman puts on a videotape of him banging a prostitute. I, I, I don't think there's coming back from that. I think your career's done. Like, yeah. I, I, well, I don't think your defense that like, I thought it was a different videotape given the other behavior and things. And even without the other behavior, I think like maybe you get away with saying it was an honest mistake, but like, and he just fucking lets it play as well. Yeah. He just it's watches like, it. And just like, maybe like, you should, maybe you should stop. Uh, and, like, fast gonna, forwards a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Going to go out of the limb and say, you know, pretty big HR violation. 
showing that, your boss a porn video of you banging a prostitute. Like it's that, and I guess just mm-hmm. the, the the sort of innocence of in 1991, people looking at that and believing it's real because. I laugh because the audio on it is like a hundred percent clear. It's not coming from. Yeah, you can see like the lips so they don't add up. Yeah, and you're like, like, no, like, come on. But then your problem is he has to go to his boss. He's like, no, no, no. Watch the video really close. Yeah, <laughs> the lips true. don't don't line up with what's being said. Like clearly, it's not. It's not. It's, I was framed. I uh well, so jumping towards the end, mm-hmm. um, Styles and and Larry. Uh, go to the uh, I guess it's the, Which the- I, I guess I get it before you get into that I gotta just say this is cracking me up uh, so um, inherited so my my wife and stepkids before I married they had a guinea pig and so now I guess it's our guinea pig I don't know I don't know how that works Custom you own that shit for, Mike you own yeah <laughs> uh, but the guinea pig's name is Larry <laughs> all right well I mean I, I may start calling him Kevin Pollock though <laughs> Uh, do you who do you think does a better Johnny Carson impression, the guinea pig or actually Kevin Pollock? Um, I mean, I guess it's a lot funnier if I say the guinea pig. I don't know. Which I but I, speaking of impressions or sound, last night we went to go see that like DC League of Super Pets. Yeah, yeah. How was that? Movie. Um, um, it was fine. It was pretty good. Good for kids. But um, yeah, yeah, it's fun. Um, and like my kids are probably aging a little bit up from yeah. that stuff a bit although i don't know i i go into something else <laughs> not to get us too off topic but anyway there there's some guinea pigs in the movie and I, I will give them credit their guinea pig sound effects were spot on because uh, i hear <laughs> fucking guinea pig no, guinea pig noises all the time and they they had their shit to <laughs> we contracted ilm to record all of the guinea pig sounds yeah it cost us 25 million dollars um, but talking about my kids aging out of it like three of them are in middle school now and in the past like three weeks we've watched the first five ice age movies basically oh. at the request of the oldest who's oh. like in eighth grade um i was like i don't know i was like i don't know maybe they're feeling like School's starting up. We're getting old. We want to feel like younger again and not, not feel these like responsibilities or something. But I was like, man, I feel like when I was in eighth grade, I was really trying to um, push things. Although Kelly, uh, my daughter in sixth grade, she's really asking about some R-rated movies. Um, <laughs> I think so. She, she's uh, she I really, really wants showgirls. Yeah, no, she really wants to see Nope. Um, oh, okay. I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen it? I did. I thought it was really, really good. Um, and actually, I think she probably could watch it. It's mostly R. There's some language. Yeah. It gets a little scary at times, but not that bad. And then there's a little bit of violence, gore, but not too bad. It's like she's seen like all like the Lord of the Rings movies. And I don't know if like in the Lord of the Rings movies, they said fuck 10 times. They do? I think that's no, if they did. Oh, yeah. It, It'd be, I, I was like, I think that's kind of the same level as this. Okay, like, right. that's good to know. I was like, maybe I'm forgetting something, but like, um, I want to see um, it. Yeah. I've, I've not, seen I, I really liked Jordan it. Peele's, um, I haven't seen any of Jordan Peele's movies, but I've always, all I really I great things. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you need to, get I, mean out. I mean, watch Get Out. Like, yeah, that's the one to see. That's like a, gonna be an all time classic. Okay. I, I need to, I, I need to watch Us it. And, and, and no, it's okay. Yeah, but well, um, nope, nope looked good. Nope and is, I was like, it's kind of cool. It's in theaters. I'm like, I want to go see. Yeah, yeah, it was fun in theater. And 
I'm curious what you think. There's some, I don't want to spoil anything. I'd just be curious what you think, but it's also riffing on some movies and ideas. I think you'd, you'd probably be interested in. Um, I don't think everything fully works, but some of that may be intentional. I like that's something that time will tell on. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, it's, and it's not, it's not the movie I expected it to be. Um, okay. Which was uh, interesting to go into and see, but yeah, still, still dug it. And still, um, obviously Jordan Peele is a really good filmmaker. <laughs> I, yeah. That's why I, I, I kind of feel like I missed the boat on um, get out. So I was like, okay, well maybe I can catch Nope in theaters and, 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 and see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was I, fun. yeah. I might just check it out while I, now that the kids are back are going to be back at school and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe have a little more time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> try and try and do but that anyway uh, sorry sorry we're way off topic here <laughs> well so i was just gonna say so it, it, so we kind of hopped to the end and the, the end of the, almost the end of the third act um they go to the aryan brotherhood and they do a shakedown between styles and larry <laughs> to try and um find out i guess they're they're supposedly going to be like the the the, right. the 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 way that they go to the aryan brotherhood just I just find out. <laughs> it's what they do they it's go they to do. like an aryan bookstore like, yeah it's, it's like it's just a really yeah. convenient plot device for them to like oh where would he go oh, aryan in the very early mid 90s of like prison white power neo-nazi yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is pre-oz so it's like this is the only place <laughs> you're gonna get it um and so uh of course, the the guy that they're trying to shake down, he he escapes, runs out the back alley. Or no, I'm sorry. Um, they're shaking, doing a shakedown, and then Kim walks in, sees them doing the shakedown, and runs down the alley. And him being Blake's Blake's, Blake's assistant, assistant, and, uh, yeah, that. who also escaped jail with him. And so uh, they they. Run I feel down we should have talked about it more, but the movie doesn't really do much more than we did. No. <laughs> so. And except for the weird turn at the end, but but it basically he leads yeah. he's leading Larry into a trap. Blake shoots. Um, Blake's up on a, a catwalk and shoots um, or uh, and uh, shoots Larry. Uh, doesn't miss a single shot. Shoots him in the chest six times. Eagle eye, eagle eye, Blake. And then uh, uh, Denzel Washington. This is such a, <laughs> I, I hate I, I hate this scene because um, it's it's a problem. <laughs> it has nothing. To, it's and it's just because of the lines themselves. It's so dumb. Um, uh, Larry's shot. Uh, uh, for some reason, Blake throws the pistol. Well, he throws the pistol for for fingerprints. Uh, of course. Styles catches the pistol, tries to shoot. Oh yeah, all the bolts are gone. Yeah, roll, does this great action roll, picks up Larry's gun and starts dumping rounds at a uh, at a uh, um, Blake, who of course escapes in the, in the nick of time to to avoid it. And then <laughs> Kevin Pollock shot up ass, and staggers over to Styles and falls down next to him. And it's probably one of the worst lines in this movie. It, it is the worst line in this movie. He just goes, "Well, how could?" How could Blake be dead if he just killed me and then he died? Yeah. <laughs> like, like you couldn't do like you couldn't spend ten more minutes on that fucking line and just figure out a better way. But also like, like um, Larry has believed him this whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he's, he, I guess he's supposed to be exposition for all of the other yeah. exposition, but he's supposed to be sort of uh, like it's kind of it'd be a better line if he like hadn't believed it but yeah, yeah. that's good good then point maybe if it was maybe just... it works yeah so it's just like it's just so bad so that that, that sends uh denzel washington into a spiral 
uh, <laughs> rightfully so. And, and he basically goes home, gets his kid, his wife and kids out of the house. He smashes his TV as they're talking about how he is the main suspect for the shooting. <laughs> and then you just go on this crazy ride where, and we haven't even talked about it. And we're, we're, we're an hour over an hour. This. I don't know if it's good yeah. time to talk about it or even do it at all, but uh, he goes and, and meets up with um, uh, Ice Cube or yeah, Ice Cube at plays. No. Is Ice, Ice T? Oh, I got it wrong. Uh, Ice T is um, who they in which we left out in the opening basketball scene. They're playing against Ice T and kind of his main henchman. And obviously Denzel Styles and Ice and Odessa grew up together, yeah. but have taken different paths. Through now Styles the cop, Odessa's a drug dealer. And that basically is like, that's kind of the last time they see each other for a long time because it's like, oh, like we can't be friends anymore because our lives have diverged. Yeah. But have like this long, supposedly long, like back history together. And we left the grenade scene as well. I know. I I forgot the context of it. We can't do everything, people. (laughs) um, We're almost going to be pushing the the boundaries of what the the movie's runtime was. So we got to be careful. Uh, I think we got like a good. 35 minutes until then <laughs> oh, okay all right we got plenty of time um, yeah, uh, yeah so so styles uh, basically is sort of a mea culpa to to odessa to to get his help because he's he's really got nowhere he really has nowhere else to go at this point because he's a suspect in in a police shooting he's um nobody believes that blake is is alive so everybody thinks he's either crazy or or dangerous or both and so and very reasonably. Of, yeah, yeah, for good reason. And I, I get why his character doesn't want to do this, but everyone else is basically like, hey, let's just calm the fuck down and give this some time to figure out what's going on. Um, and but I also get why he's like, no, like Blake's like doing all this shit now. Like we got to do something. And so it's like, it is all like fairly believable, but it's also like, yes, Styles everyone is reacting very reasonably to how you're behaving because you are a fucking maniac. <laughs> that, that's, that's the only bad part. Again, the timing issue, not only bad part, but that's, that's like one of the, yeah, the I, and I think issues. I said, yeah, I wish they stretched it out over yeah. a year of Blake slowly ruining his life. Cause then the really unhinged styles would like you, it would buy it a little more, but it feels like this all happens in like four days yeah and that, that exactly and that, and that 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 doesn't work very well because you're, you're right like yeah. it it does feel like he should well because then i feel like people would believe you <laughs> like yeah well and the, and the decline just feels like okay he's had a couple of before even he loses his best friend before even um uh he's kind of fully humiliated he's like drinking himself into oblivion and and, and kind of giving up and it's like well like is that really like did that yeah. happen over a two-week period? Did it happen over like a 24-hour period? It's and that's where it's a little vague of like how long yeah. uh, Blake had him and was drugging him. And like, so I thought I thought it was a couple set- weeks. I thought they were setting up because he has a scene with Ice T where he's like really hard on like drug users and drug dealers. And it's like, you people are like the enemy. And I thought they were setting him up to where he was gonna have him for enough time to be like, hey, congratulations. Now you're a heroin addict. And he was going to have to deal with what life is like when you're an addict and maybe gain a little like sympathy for those people that he was criticizing of like, Oh, like you're just addicted to this and it's controlling your life. And he would have to go through that. 
I think I think that's what's supposed to be semi implied, but they just don't really. Say it doesn't really. That. Yeah. No. Like, but but you're right. I think that's that was in concept what they were trying to sort of accomplish yeah. is he he's now approaching in, in the end of it he's approaching Odessa with with humility, which is why he's asking for help rather than, yeah. than just. Um, and I think it would buy you'd buy more Odessa helping him if yeah. he was now an addict. And he could, so he, he would buy like, oh, you have changed. You've been through this and I can relate to what you're going through. Um, yeah. Like I can, I'll help you out of, uh, whereas he just seems happy. Be like, yeah, we get to fuck up some cops. Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> well, and that's why I like, so how does, how does uh, Odessa help up, help uh, styles? <laughs> he lets him blow up his fucking building where he like is producing all this, all these drugs. Uh, the weirdest... <laughs> all right. We froze. Oh, okay. As I say, it's just the okay. we. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. It's just the weirdest setup of like, it's almost like uh, trying to like, like, like ice ice tea on the way out. It's like, like never thought I'd say I have to say goodbye to this place or something like that. It's like, yeah, he lets them. There's like too many families and shit live there. Like I don't <laughs> like I, I don't quite know what the dynamic is, but he let them just blow it up. <laughs> I just yeah yeah. So it was Styles, of course decides to turn the tables on Blake since nobody believes him anyway. And so he, he does this crazy thing where he basically stands on the roof. And he semi confesses to the crimes he didn't actually commit. <laughs> and he Blake on is his at wife's the makeup. weirdest bar in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's this on TV. When I like to go watch football games, sometimes I'll go to a bar and sometimes, sometimes there's little people in, in lingerie or these naked women, these naked women, or yeah, and that's, that's a normal bar. And okay. No judgment. On people who enjoy that, just the choice to put it in the movie. What are you trying to communicate with that? And it seems like you're just saying, "Oh, this is a place Blake would go because he's a bad guy." And then you're just saying, "Well, that stuff's bad too." And it's like, "Well, <laughs> it's a little weird." But uh, anyway, he sees us on TV. Your point is just 1991 morals yeah. of of like under of, of like an adult yeah, it's just understanding of, of like what this yeah, stuff is of what there uh, but and another so a thing i didn't quite buy in the movie was so blake's out to get revenge it seems like he wants styles to go to jail and the way he had to and it was like man think if you ruined the guy's life and drove him to kill himself like that's a victory that's a, that's a pretty complete revenge and and Blake is like, no, he can't kill himself. Like he has to go to jail. And it's like, I, I don't really buy. Like, I think you won. Like you won. Like this is what winning looks like, Blake. Like you did it. And if he would just, yeah, have backed off at that point, um, well, that's it, very, it's a weird, it's a weird he, point. He, in the movie. he leaves the bar and like he goes to where um, where Styles is on top of the building. And like, yeah, walks out of the crowd in front of all these cameras and starts having right. This and there's monologue. news there, and it's like he's been a br- this brilliant person until this very moment when he thinks Styles is going to kill himself. And I don't, I don't get what no. what your goals were. Like, what was the goals and plan? Like, I don't think it he knew. feels like if yeah, it feels like you are hyper focused, and now you seem like you're completely off the rails. And I don't like yeah. Well, and so that's that's a fun setup. So there's this, of course, Styles takes these road flares, throws them into this uh, drug lab, and then <laughs> as it explodes, he uh, oh, and one of the worst edits I've ever seen in my life <laughs> jumps through a window through some kind of chute 
into safety as the building's exploding. But it's like he just jumps through the window. He would have no way. And the, the, the shoe is like a literal like laundry shoe. Like it's like two by two. <laughs> and he just like nails that landing right into that shoe and like fires right to hat. It's like, what a bizarre. Well, choice. thank God he, he nailed it because the whole building comes down. And yeah, because he, I mean, he had like seconds to yeah. nail that, to stick that landing. <laughs> and then he, so I think what uh, Odessa calls um, Blake and then um, yeah, tells him where to meet him. And they, so they end up having this this showdown where they've already captured Kim, the sidekick, uh, Blake's sidekick. <laughs> yeah, and they've tied and him they, up. To... Yeah, they tie him to like the fencing on the front of the, or maybe it's like on, a, on like a scaffolding or something like that on the front of the uh, Watts Towers. And, and that's what put Kim over the top where he's now like, fuck you, Blake. I just, like, like so Blake's weird. been a fucking maniac and treated you like shit this whole movie. And now is the moment. <laughs> Uh, yeah and so it's like and so then what does blake do he just shoots he, he shoots, shoots him, yeah. him in the chat i'm like why yeah like, like, just... why did we have this character <laughs> like if you took him out of the whole movie i don't think it would change a single thing no i it, it truly feels like the only reason he's there is just to make it slightly more believable that um that blake could pull all this stuff off it's like he's he's yeah, kind of a semi MacGuffin of like this is how this is going to actually work and it, but I believe it, there's it just, someone out there like helping him a little bit. Yeah, but like, it just yeah doesn't pay off, and it's just kind of yeah. I don't know. It just feels kind of well. It's like Blake's dumb. characters underdeveloped. Like that character has zero development. <laughs> yeah, and I, that's what I don't. I, it's fine. I'm probably being nitpicky. So Blake kills him. Yeah, and of yeah, course yeah, they had this this, yeah. this big fight. But that's why we've talked about like the flaws of this movie are so glaring. You, when you talk about it, you feel like you're hating on it more than it deserves because it is still like a pretty good, fun movie. It's better than a lot of stuff that exists today. I will say that there are that's new, yeah. new stuff today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they have this showdown, of course, on the top of the Watts Tower, where, of course, what do they do? They have have to have a um, an arm wrestling match over the <laughs> yeah. top of a spike that's on top of one of the towers. Uh, yeah. which I actually kind of like this. I, I kind of didn't. Well, see, so this is where it varies back into being an action movie. Yeah, fair. And so for like the political thriller, it was for a bit. Now this feels weird, but for like that action movie, it had been a tiny bit. Like now that like this work, this works with the opening scene of the movie. Y- yes, but not all the yeah. other yeah. hour <laughs> plus time built up in between those two things. Yeah, yeah. So- and that's that's the uh, I, I like that Blake kind of gets the upper hand because he, he during the arm wrestling contest he pushes Styles' arm onto the forearm onto the the spike, and then he has some shitty quippy line, <laughs> and, and and then uh, I think the the way that they finally dispatch Blake is uh, Styles is injured and he's trying to kind of escape him. Uh, Odessa breaks into the bottom of this while all these cops mm-hmm. are starting to surge into the, yeah. Well, because uh, so they make tower. a big. Styles makes a big point of when he crashes the TV and tells his wife, like, we have to go. And like, it's when he's like, obviously made this plan, but it's not communicated to the audience. But he tells her wife, you need to pack a bag and make sure you pack those gloves I got for Christmas, like the insulated ones. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that was <laughs> and it's like, oh, I wonder if that's going to matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so 
they they of course uh, they electric exactly what you said. They electrocute the the towers, and because of his gloves, uh, Styles is miraculously untouched or unfazed by the electricity. Shocks Blake just enough for Styles to get his hand up on his foot and then yank him off the tower, and he kills him almost like the ending of uh, Cable Guy, where he falls onto a big spike yeah. <laughs> and uh, and of course dies while the media are recording this. And you and and so you have this, and, this, well, he's got the spike in him and says. You got the point now. It's a lot better. It's a lot better when Denzel Washington delivers it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. But it's cheesy, and like, is- like because he's Denzel Washington, like he pulls it off. But it's like <laughs> it, it, it is just a straight up bad line. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's, it's your point. It's an action. It's an action movie punctuation. It's not a thriller. It's not like it's not like Styles was ever trying to prove a point. To yeah, him. no. And <laughs> like, it, it's it, just it's like let off some steam, Bennett. Like, yeah. And this is where the whole movie starts getting into some really weird cuts. Like it gets into it just now, but like really weird cuts where like it's just Styles. So he, all right, he's 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 wanted technically wanted for murder. First partner, he sure is. He just blew up a building, and he was yes, he did putting makeup on and screaming at people. So everybody thinks he's crazy. He he also hired gang members to assault police officers. That's true too. And then he's just like. Kind of sauntering down the side of the of the, <laughs> yeah. of the, the tower. Everything's good. Nobody's messing with him. His Everyone's like, "Oh, comes Blake up. was alive." So yeah, it's just like <laughs> all this other stuff doesn't count. And uh, so I mean, they're, they're they're trying to kind of do a quick movie movie thing of skirting skirting to it. A. Honestly, that has a very end of Die Hard feel. It does. It does. End of Die Hard too, as well. Of like the media is there. He's like with his wife. Like he's redeemed. Walking down, redeemed everything. It's like. I don't know if we've really earned this moment. Like he seems still pretty fucked. Like oh no no like I think like, he's gonna have some problems tomorrow morning. Yeah, like he's he's going to jail, but they sort of leave it up as like yeah no, he's fine. Everything's gonna be okay, and and he's uh he's and it wants you to buy like it's a movie. It's gonna be fine for him, but it's like yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, then we we didn't talk about Mary Ellen Trainer in this, but she's again playing a news anchor and. Uh, the ending is just so weird. She's trying to, she's sort of narrating what's just happened to, to the news. And then uh, Styles walks over and then they, I think they ask him for a word. He goes, because yeah, news at 11 or what does he say? Don't think so or something or like, and eh, or something like that. And he just grabs the camera and scrambles it. And then like, that's it. And you're just like, what the fuck ending was this? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't pay off all of the good stuff that this movie does build toward in the second act. And that, that was like the biggest letdown to me was it felt like we have no idea how to end this. So let's do something fun. And then it doesn't just doesn't doesn't stick. Yeah. 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 No, it's and I, you could the my problem was too, you could feel that third act coming of like <laughs> yeah. they they've painted themselves into a corner. They can't stick the landing here curious to see what they try to do but it's not and like they went way more actiony than i anticipated which i think is a smart move to do because if you just heighten the drama with that action you get a better shot of your audience maybe forgetting some of the earlier stuff and just getting on board with like the set piece of being on top of this tower and thing and that's just you use spectacle to maybe hide some of your your flaws um, so I, I get it. I get the choice. Uh, but yeah, it's they were in a tough spot. I don't know how you stick the movie, stick the landing on, on that ending. Because in the that 30 minute period where Blake is 
starting to put his revenge into place on Styles is so so good. Uh, oh, I, I, I it, yeah. it, for the most part it works. It works really well. I think it's just again they're just this movie just doesn't. It just needed anything. a stronger yeah. pieces on the other sides of that of that time. It just yeah, it doesn't feel like it pays off. The movie pays itself off for it well at the end, which is which is disappointing. But um, I, I like I said, I still liked watching it this time around. Uh, I just wish to your point, you can you can see a lot more of, of the stuff that just doesn't work as an adult now. <laughs> You're like, yeah. But right, I also, so it, I, go ahead. No, 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 no. Finish it. Well, I was just going to say, I, I also can see why Denzel Washington goes on kind of after this to have the career he does. Like, yeah, he's fantastic. So I mean, you get be like, oh, 10 years from this, he's doing training man. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, yeah, I could, you can see, I can see kind of like the frame. And that's of, why this is still worth watching. Yeah. Because he's great. This guy's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think there, there's, I think if you had two lesser actors in either of those roles, it probably wouldn't, it probably the movie really wouldn't work at all. Um, all they, right. they, they're strong enough to kind of keep the whole thing going. All right, we're getting pretty long here. So I have a question for you. Put Carl Weathers in this movie. I guess that wasn't a question. That was a demand. <laughs> yeah. uh, through the miracles of modern technology, we can do that. Um, I would, I don't know. I, I, mean, I wouldn't make him Styles. I wouldn't make him a bad guy. I think you could have put him in the John Amos role as the dad. Yeah, we love John Amos. I, I uh, was thinking that too. I was like, I hate to pull John Amos out of it. Um, you could you could also maybe make him one of like the other council people that that helps Styles. Or you know what you could have done? Make him the partner. I'd rather have had him as the partner instead of. Oh, I like him as a partner, or I like him as the city councilman. Yeah, I like. Him. Hangs, I, 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 I don't know if I want to see Carl Weathers hanging himself in lingerie, but God, but he would look so cut if he did it though. Yeah. <laughs> I would kind of like him in that role because he's so charming. Yeah, I think that's that. that. He, he could, you could see him being a politician. That yeah, uh, yeah. I I, like, I I would put him in that. All right. So where would you spend if you had ten percent more budget? Where would you spend it? So I couldn't find what the budget was on this. Same. And it made twenty one million, which I'm guessing that wasn't like a disaster because looking at other movies this time that felt similar levels, they kind of came in around the same place or were like hits and did better. So I'm just going to, we'll just say you have between one and 2 million to play with on that. Um, I, I guess really I'd want another pass um, at the screenplay potentially um, from all our comments on here. It felt like it needed a little more development, but I'm going to say, sorry, I'm going to say you take a million <laughs> you you cast Steve Buscemi in 1991 as um as what's as Kim. Yeah, that's probably a better person because he's and not... you develop that character. You develop the backstory of Blake and Kim a little more. Um, and I think that I think that adds a lot if you've effectively made blake a more effective criminal yeah i mean this movie and gives is, someone with like a little more weight into that role rather than just somebody who's sort of a kind of a yeah i don't know i don't know what the right term would be but just he's sort of annoying kind of whiny yeah quippy. and that's how they write him to be but it's like yeah it's kind of a pointless role it, it is i i think 
I probably would agree with you. I, I guess I would, I would, I would want to see the script improved and then probably in fleshing out Blake again to be that mastermind. But I also think then take the movie's 109 minutes. So maybe take 10 more minutes, make it a solid two hour movie or just under it and just have a couple more exposition scenes to give you some of that build up. Oh, that'd be really curious if there's a, uh some footage out there they shot that just didn't make it in that explains a little more i i feel like they needed it because because they do kind of hype him up as i think even in some of the news stories they talk about when when throughout the movie with uh they're they're sort of giving exposition on styles background in his career they hype up blake but i'm like to your point you just there's well, nothing there to tell and you they because they didn't at the beginning they yeah. needed the exposition in the opening of oh like um like nick styles has captured like master criminal earl talbot blake but they kind of don't really that way yeah and so then i just get yeah or maybe i I mean maybe i missed that but um it never felt quite that way no i so all right what would you where would you rank this or like what's your ranking for this um i so i've gone back and forth as i've thought about the movie more and i've thought about the stuff i like i'm inclined to go a little higher but then I just hit some of like the flaws of it. And I'm like, man, and so it's hard. Cause it's, it's flying high at times to be a really, really good movie, a, a potentially like a great, um, a great thriller. And then there are just things that like, don't like are like, so I don't know if release it, release it, but we did the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. There are things in it that are like that level of movie as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so uh, I, I'm going to stick with my um, my, my th- three out of five S&M prostitutes. Uh, I will give this. I will also give this three out of five Alan Silvestri music stings. Oh, nice. Uh, just because I think that honestly, that was my biggest takeaway from this was the score is pretty much like my only thing I really, really enjoyed uh, coming out of it was. Yeah, I have that. My happiest thing in this podcast is you saying um Denzel, oh Lithgow, Sylvester score are the best three things in the movie because I think that absolutely nails it. Almost in that order. Um, and, yeah. And, and it's so, yeah, I mean, it's a fine movie. It's definitely feels like something that was a kind of a resume, almost like a resume builder of sorts for, for Denzel Washington for where he was in his career. I mean, he was 37 when he made this. And so, yeah, which is crazy. I didn't realize how old he was. Yeah. Uh, he's older. He's younger than we were. <laughs> we are now. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, he looks he looks great in it. I think um, Lithgow is really good in it, and you can see why it's pretty obvious. Like Denzel does carry the movie. Like like it's not you can see he yeah. he is a leading man in this, and I think that's that's why it's a resume builder for him. Is the movie itself is probably not great. It's definitely got some flaws, but you see all of the sort of DNA and the structure of of how his career plays out after that um, kind of in this. So, um, yeah, fine movie. Um, I think it's, what are we watching? Streaming on HBO Max right now. Yeah, it's worth watching. I think it's yeah. a, a fun movie night. Um, well, especially with someone else because the flaws are obvious, but the great parts are obvious too. So, well, uh, I think you and I talked about it, right? It feels like it's a, it's trying real hard to be a De Palma movie that never quite gets there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, no, I was talking about the opening credits are very Hitchcockian. Um, but then it varies quickly away from that, uh, which is obviously De Palma. Um, so I, <laughs> I, on, on IMDb, I was looking at stuff and we're talking about different Renta movies to do. So on IMDb, when you like add stuff, you can tag a movie. And so this movie is tagged as an empty swimming pool movie. 
<laughs> so like a decade from now we can do our run of empty swimming pool movies and, and action, do this one again <laughs> action movie no you gotta send that to me i don't know how the hell you tag that shit but I, i'd like to know what the most obscure um oh this is really obscure it's only like three or four like you would know like the what? first one on the list is like caddyshack <laughs> Are there not any? Um, yeah, that's a good one. Are there, are there not any empty pool scenes in the movie Lionheart? Don't they? Do they fight in an empty pool? Oh, I I do not remember. <laughs> I'm only asking because I'm also looking at the IMDb of uh, Street Fighter. I don't right think now, it's on the so. list, but <laughs> oh, it will be. All right, but I think next. So next, ooh, this is going to be a a big one to gear up for. Wait, are, we I, do, yeah. are, are we doing Hudson Hawk next? <laughs> uh if you if you want we can do hudson hawk next i i think i mean honestly if if after that we're doing jet Dread and street fighter uh those are going to be two pretty big ones to gear up for too i think so i well i saw dread in, in theaters as a kid so i'm i'm actually pretty pumped to talk about that one uh my mom took me when i was like probably 12 no, what a good 12. mom um i feel bad for i should probably take her to dinner for that um yeah so thank you for that See, that pile of garbage um yeah let's do hudson hawk next i think that's a that's a fun one right. um, that'll be a lot to talk about <laughs> it's just uh, no so this has gone no like bomb. 90 minutes that's going to be hard to yeah <laughs> hard to go so, shorter on <laughs> all right well i appreciate everybody joining us for the d'souza palooza and we'll be doing hudson hawk next week which let me check while we're doing this um if it is actually streaming anywhere and no, we're going to have to actually pay. For I this know. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's going to be the painful part. So, uh, cool. Well, buddy, I appreciate it. Uh, uh it was fun talking. It was, a, it, was a, it was a good one. Yeah. It was a good one to talk about. I was worried. I had never seen it before. Uh, but it, yeah, it, there was, all, <laughs> there was plenty to talk about. Obviously. Obviously. All right. I will catch you next week. Catch you on the flip side.